Thank you for joining us for the Life Point Podcast. We believe what you're about to listen to will help you experience life change. So let's jump into this week's message. Did you ever feel like you could use a little bit more peace? Anybody? It's the world that we live in right now, the challenges that are all around us. Those are economical challenges. Those are safety challenges, just common sense challenges. Um, There's just a lot of stuff to pressure us, a lot of stress to uh, deal with, maybe more than we've seen in a long, long, long time. And if I I asked you, would you want more peace? Do you need more peace? I I know most all of us would, would say yes to that. And probably what comes to your mind, first of all, is if the pressure, the challenge, or if the stress would just start to dissipate and disappear, I would find peace or I would feel peace. Um, I was thinking about that this week, and I started wondering, what if, what if peace could be more present no matter how much stress was present? What, what if I told you this, that... Um, Peace could increase in proportion to the stress. I mean, what if that was true? What if no matter the amount of stress or pressure or challenge, you can fill in the the blank with the challenge, no matter what that looked like, how much that intensified or grew, that peace would outgrow it or would be there in proportion to the need peace. And, and I, I do believe that that is, that is true. Can we make a confession here real quick? Let's say this. I declare. I, declare, I have a spirit of faith. I, spirit of faith. I am who God says I am. I am who God says I am. And I have what God says I have. I have says I have. And I can do what God says I can do. I so I declare. I, I have a spirit of power of love and self-control, and never, ever, ever, ever a spirit of fear. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Y'all ready to go this morning? I thought we would take this morning and just talk about what I just questioned you on, that's peace. Um, not just because it's fitting to the season we're in, but because I think we, we need to understand peace. I believe we need to walk in peace, uh, maybe even greater or better than we've been walking in peace. Actually, I believe if you know Jesus personally, it should be a byproduct of our faith in Jesus that should be walking in peace. Man, there's a lot of stuff that messes with that. There's a lot of stuff that challenges that. Amen? Amen. So I want to read to you from Isaiah. I know it, it's, uh, we sang about this verse, and we know that it's, it's kind of a, a Christmas verse we often reflect on, but it says this, for to us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government will be on what? His shoulders. And it goes on and says, he will be called a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting father, and oh, by the way, the prince of what? Peace. 
Cool verse. We like to use that at Christmas time. That was a prophecy given 700 years before Jesus was actually ever born. And there's a promise in this prophecy, and it says this, that the government would be on his shoulders. And I know sometimes we read verses and we wax over them sometimes, but why would that verse be worded that way? 700 years before Jesus was born, predicting his birth, and one of the things that said about him is that the government would be on his shoulders. Literally what that means is the misery, the distress, the weight, and the burden from the government and from sin would be on the shoulders of Jesus. So there was a spiritual weight, which was the sin of the world, and then there was this governmental weight of the misery and the distress from the government that was actually going to be on the shoulders of Jesus. And so in this prophecy, we, we see these names predicting the birth of Jesus. And, and it's interesting, in the Hebrew language, it took eight words combined together to describe him. First of all, it says that he is our wonderful counselor. You know what that means? He's the wisdom you need. It says he's the mighty God. That means he is a powerful God. He's the deliverance that you need. Then it says that he's the everlasting father, which means he's the love that you need. And then at the end of it, it's tagged on. It says that he's the prince of what? Peace. peace. He is uh, our peace. He's your peace. He's, uh, his presence will be there to comfort us. So we see wisdom. We see power. We see compassion and love. And we see comfort in this verse. I, I was thinking about this. Do you realize every philosophy, theory, and religion that has ever been, is out there right now, or actually ever will be, uh, they all lack the ability to create the fruit of peace. None of them can just create peace and love and joy and change a heart and change a life. Oh, they can give you religious theories to follow. They can give you religious ambitions to pursue. They can give you mantras to chat. They can, they can create violence. They can create all things, but only the presence of Jesus, the presence of Jesus in our lives, becoming a believer, a Christian, a Christ follower, a Jesus follower, only the power of the word of God and the power of his spirit can actually manifest things like peace, love, joy. Every other religion fails at that. Because there's no relationship, there's no life change uh, uh, involved in any other religion. Amen? Amen. Everybody say, that's good right there. <laughs> so for the next few moments, I would like to just share with you the power of peace. That's my title this morning, the power of peace. And what, I want to teach you up on this a little bit this morning. So when you walk out of here, you, you just... Um, don't have peace for the holidays and dealing with your crazy relatives, but you have peace that goes with you um, just beyond the borders of, uh, of a season or a holiday, that this is, this is actually fruit that should manifest in our lives. Uh, how many know if, if there's no chaos around you, you don't need peace in you? If there's no chaos around you, you don't need joy. If there's no depression around you, you don't need some joy, right? If, you don't, if there's no hatred around you, you don't need love. We need the presence of God right now because the opposite of that is, is consuming our culture. 
So peace, if you would just go and look up the word peace, this is basically what you're going to find. It's going to say this, um, freedom from disturbance. Freedom from you being disturbed. How many know that sounds good, right? You want to get disturbed a lot? How many of you were doing pretty good until you went shopping? Anyone say, thank God for Amazon, right? But, but let's unpack this word peace. If you look at the word peace in the Old Testament, which is written in Hebrew, the word for peace is shar shalom. Everyone say shalom. That's the Old Testament word for peace. And it literally means this, that he's the captain of our wholeness. In the Old Testament, the word for peace has this idea of things being whole or things being unbroken. Um, it means some things like this, you being safe and you being healthy. It means some things like this, you prospering and you being complete. You being tranquil. Now, let's carry that word over into the New Testament. I'm sure I'm going to mispronounce this word, but the New Testament is written in the Greek language, and it's the word Irene or Irene, and it has this idea of agreement or this idea of harmony. It literally means this, to have it all together. So he's our Prince of Peace. He's our Prince of Shalom, our Prince of tranquility or our piece of our, our prince of completeness we see him born in the new testament um, we find out now that the greek language says he is he's our agreement or he's he's us having it all together it, it literally literally could mean this to have the absence of war i looked this up for you in 3500 years of recorded history, there's only been 300 years of peace. 3.64 billion people have died in almost 15,000 wars. There have been 800 peace treaties broken. We struggle with peace. We struggle with this idea of completeness or harmony. We struggle with this. And if I'm accurate on this, God didn't promise us the absence of a problem. He didn't promise us the absence of conflict. He didn't promise us the absence of challenge. But what he did do is he promised the presence of his peace in the midst of challenges, in the midst of setbacks, in the midst of all that stuff, he promised us this, that his presence of peace would be there. Now, if we take the word for peace, bring it into our language, it literally means this, comfort. It means, if we're going to interpret the Bible word in our language, it just means comfort. And it means this, to have inward stability in the middle of outward chaos. Hello. Inward stability in the middle of outward chaos chaos. Now, I, I just wanted to know if, if y'all are aware of a few things. Um, how many, ha, have you ever noticed there's a, there's a little extra chaos in our culture right now? And not just in our culture, in our world. So it would be safe to say there's chaos in, in the culture. So I would say to you, first of all, don't be surprised by that. A culture without God is a culture out of order. 
which is a culture in confusion, which is a culture in chaos. And you know what? I, according to scripture, it's probably going to get more chaotic. But the Bible says there's something that you and I have, and it's fruit. It's not just a feeling. It's peace. It's shalom. It's the Greek word I can't pronounce. And it's comfort. It's inward stability, even though it's more chaotic. So can I just help you with this? Don't let the outward chaos stress you. Let the inward peace be your pace. So when, when I study scripture, um, there are three, I'm just going to call them the three promises of peace. Y'all ready to feel better this morning? So, so what I'm saying thus far is we, as Christ followers, can become more and more stable even though the world is becoming more or less and less stable. It's becoming more unstable. You can become more stable. If you are a Christ follower, you are growing in Christ. You are going from level to level to level. You should be growing in more stability, even though what's around you can become more unstable. So don't let what's unstable in the world and the increase of instability make you less stable. Don't, the Bible actually says you're in it, you're just not of it. Did y'all get that? You're in it, you're just not of it. You can be in an unstable environment, but you can be becoming more stable every day. The world can be going more and more cray-cray every day, and you can become more and more what? Stable and solid and hopeful. The world can grow more fearful every day, and you can grow more and more and more and more and more faithful every day. Because your relationship with Jesus is not dictated by your relationship with the world. It's crazy. It's getting crazier. The Bible actually says this. It's dark out there, and it's going to get darker and darker. It actually says ickier and ickier and ickier. But the light will grow stronger and stronger because the darkness can't put it out. That's what Scripture says. It says that in the book of John. So there are three promises. You could call them levels of peace. Are you ready for them? Here's the first one. Um, peace with God guarantees, or peace with God guarantees. Everyone say guarantees. You say, why, why did you use that verbiage? I'm going to read you some scriptures that prove this verbiage, but when you're at peace with God, there's a guarantee in your life. You say, well, there's no guarantees in life. There's no guarantees in that life, but there are guarantees in this life. You're right. There are no guarantees out there, but there are some guarantees in here. Let, let, let me prove that to you. You, you. you sound like a good audience so far. This is the book of Romans chapter 5. And Paul said this, our faith in Jesus transfers the righteousness of God to us and he declares us flawless in his eyes. Hello. Because you put your faith in Jesus. Can we just work this out a little bit this morning? Because you put your faith in Jesus, there was a transfer of his righteousness to you. And now in the eyes of God, guess what? You are flawless. You weren't before. You haven't done anything special except for believe and receive. You have the righteousness of God on you. And because of that, when God looks at you, you're flawless. Flawless people are not in fear. All right, let's keep working this. 
this means we can now enjoy true and lasting what? Peace with God or agreement with God. All because of what our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, has done for us. Everybody with me so far? Look at the next verse. Our faith guarantees us permanent access into his marvelous kindness that has given us a perfect relationship with God. What an incredible joy that bursts forth within us as we keep on celebrating our hope of experiencing the glory of God. Basically what that, that, those two verses say is this, that Jesus put us in harmony with God. Put us in peace with God. Put us in a permanent position of peace with God. It means that he has restored us and completed us. You are restored, you are completed in the eyes of God. You happen to be flawless because of the righteousness of Jesus that was accounted to your account. So before you were, the Bible said you were in opposition to God, enmity was the word, or you were an enemy of God, but when you, by faith you received Jesus, guess what? You are now in relationship with God. You move from a, pay, a place of opposition to a place of peace. You are now at peace with God. Something that a lot of the world isn't is they are not at peace with God, but you happen to be at peace with God. The most important peace is being at peace with God. Some of you remember before you were at peace with God how miserable you were, but now that has all changed. It has all switched. It has shifted. And it says because of that, there's this permanent access that you and I have to the kindness of God. When you're at peace with God, you can now access and you can now expect the kindness and goodness of God in your direction. And you should expect the kindness of God in your direction. And you should anticipate the kindness and the goodness and the favor of God in your direction. If you're at peace with God, you can anticipate, you can expect, you can want, you can by faith have the favor in the goodness of God. Because you're no longer an enemy of God, you're not in enmity with God, you're actually in relationship with God. Let's jump down a few verses, look at verse number 10. So, if while you were still an enemy, God fully reconciled you to himself through the death of Jesus. Then something greater than friendship is now ours. Now, we are, now that we are at peace with God, and because we share in his resurrection life, how much more will, be, will we be rescued from the dominion of sin in this world? And even more than that, we overflow with triumphant joy in our new relationship of living reconciled to God all because of Jesus. You have to understand, you were not at peace with God, but because you were reconciled, you are now at peace with God. That's a bigger deal than your face is expressing right now. You don't want to be an enemy of God. You don't want to stand in opposition with God. You used to, but no longer so now. Can I break that down for you, what, what that might mean just a little bit? Um, because you used to be an enemy, you are, have now shifted to be the object of his favor. If you're the object of his favor, it's safe to say things will work out for you. 
no matter what's messing with you, things will work out in your favor. It will. It didn't matter if it didn't work out for Grandma or Aunt Louise or, or Uncle Bubba. It will work out for you. The Prince of Peace. See, the peace, when you're at peace with God, it's positional peace. Your position has changed. Now I'm going to break that down for her. Are you ready? What that meant is all of your sin, God judged it on Jesus. All of your sin, failure, what was between you and God, it wasn't your sins, it was your unbelief. And God already judged it on Jesus. You should be happier than you're looking, right? Somebody goes, well, I don't know about that. Yeah, he judged it on Jesus. You had a lot of it, and he judged it on Jesus, not you. He's not judging you, so you're at peace with him. And God is already eternally satisfied with the sacrifice of Jesus. Already eternally sacrificed. So, God is at rest about you forever. Because he looks at the blood of Jesus, not at you. He looks at the blood of Jesus, not your failure. He doesn't look at what you're not. He looks at what he's provided for you. So, you're at favor with God. You're in peace with It's a guarantee in your life that if you're in peace with God, you're in a position of favor. Would you do me something? Would you give yourself a religious pinch? Just, just pinch. One, I want to know if you're awake. And two, hello, this is some revelation that you are, because some of you still think, even though you love Jesus, that you're in opposition to him, and you're not. And you're struggling for things to work out in your favor, but if you would understand the position he's put you in is that you're in peace with him, so he guarantees his favor and his goodness and his kindness. It's going to work out for you. You just need to be at peace with it, right, if you're at peace with God. So that's one promise of peace or one level of, uh, of peace is that you're in, at peace with God. Now, you, you don't have to agree with me. You can be wrong if you want to, but this is good news. You're at peace with God. A lot of people don't preach from this position. They preach law. They preach condemnation. They preach you're just a sinner. You keep sinning. You need to get it right. You can't get it right. He had to get it right for you. All right, so, so you're at peace with God. Now, I'm just going to say this to you. If you're watching or if you're in this room and you've never invited Jesus to be the Lord of your life, you're not at peace with God. And if you're not at peace with God, these two next promises are, are not a guarantee for you. The good news is, before I'm done here today, we're going to say a prayer and you can, you can come into a relationship with Jesus. And then these other two promises can be yours. So if you are at peace with God, you are a believer, you are a Christ follower, you are a Christian, you're a saint, whatever we're going to tag you this morning, then these next two promises line up with the peace of God. Here's the second one. Um, if you have peace with God, it guarantees, but the peace of God guides. It guides you. Peace with God is a guarantee the peace of God 
guides you. So if you're at peace with God, you can have the peace of God. Those are two different things. I'm at peace with him, so I can have the peace of God, his peace. Even if you're a believer, your peace will still come up short. But you can have his peace. It's part of the package. It's part of the fruit. Here we go. All right, John chapter 14. Jesus is about to leave, and he says this. Out of everything Jesus could have left, he said, I leave you the gift of what? Peace. Hello. He, he could have gifted anything right there. And he says, I'm going to leave with you. He said, it's better that I go. He says, I'm going to gift you the gift of what? Peace. peace. I'll leave the gift of peace with you. And he says, my peace. Not the kind of peace that's fragile, that's given by the world. That comes and goes. It's conditional. Good hair day, hair day peaceful, bad hair day, tormented. Here we go. But my perfect peace, he says, don't yield to fear. Don't let trouble be in your hearts. Instead, be what? Courageous. How dare God tell us to be courageous? Here's why. Peace is a result of placing, it's, it's a faith thing. You're, you're placing your faith that his peace becomes your peace. Because your peace is still going to come up short. Even though you're in peace with God, he says, all right, you're at peace with me, and it's a guarantee, but now I'm going to give you my peace to guide you. So don't come into relationship with him and have your peace guide you. Don't let your yesterday frame your destiny or your framework going. Let his peace that you came into relationship with also guide you. So what I'm saying is don't, get the, don't be in peace with God and still try to let your peace guide you. You're at peace with God, so you let his peace guide you. He said, it's perfect peace. It's not the kind of peace that the world gives. It's putting faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus. That, that, that's what his peace is. It means that we yield to his peace and not worry. Y'all get that? Wait a minute. Yield to his peace, not your worry. Those are two different things. You have to yield to his peace or you will worry. I've been in moments where I could have just spent some time with Jesus, reading the Bible, feeling really good and strong, and something messed with me. And I can get out of that comfort into worry kind of quick. I can be overwhelmed by things kind of quick. But the key is, there has to be a moment where I stop and I yield to his peace, or I'm going to pick up my worry. It could be financial worry, it could be relational worry, it could be health worry, it could just be worry, worry, worry. But I have to, what, yield to his peace. That's what faith does. Faith yields to his peace. It's a, it's a control issue. That's not my notes. This is what worry is. It's a control. It, yielding to it. It's a control. We all, you say you don't want control. You want control. We all struggle with this control thing. And you can't be in control and have his peace at the same time. It won't work. It's frustration is what it is. Y'all didn't like that. 
Let me give you another scripture. We'll just move off of that one. Colossians chapter 3. Y'all doing all right? Colossians chapter 3, 3, verse 15. Let your heart always be what? By what? So let your heart during the Christmas season be guided by peace. Oh. Maybe we need the same peace to guide us in the political season that we need in the Christmas season. Maybe we need it in a relationship season or a health season or a financial season. Just always be guided by what? The peace of God, which is of what? The anointed one who called you to peace as part of his body and always be thankful. Uh, the, the word peace that we bring out of, I, I, I've taught on this before, but the word peace that we bring out of the New Testament, um, if you translate it, it comes out our word umpire. Anyone like baseball? The way football's going, I'm ready for baseball season. But anyways, uh, this is another story. I don't have any peace in football right now, but that's, that's move on, Aaron. Okay. It's where we get our word umpire. Now, if you know anything about baseball, the umpire is the guy who's going to call the pitch. He may say strike, it's down the middle. He may say foul ball, if it's hit out of the boundaries. He may say that's a, foul, a, a, a ball and not down the middle on a strike. He may call you in, he may call you out. The Bible says that's what peace should do in our life. We ought to be able to look at a situation and say that's foul. Well, that's right down the middle, or that's out of the boundaries. Peace should umpire or guide our life. How many, just don't look around, do this, just look right at me, no one's watching. How many have ever made a decision when you didn't have peace? How many of that went just smooth as could be for you? Always let your heart be what? Guided by peace or agreement or harmony. And he says, not your peace, his peace. It's actually an attitude. Listen, it's an attitude of continually letting peace reside over our hearts and our minds. Let it be the pronouncing decisions for your life. So peace is not just positional it's perceptual. What I mean by that is it should guide our thinking. It should guide our decisions. It should guide us. Actually, I'd be safe to say if you always let peace guide you, good chance there's always going to be success that follows. Let me give you another scripture. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and verse 7. I, I know you probably know this one, but it says, um, don't be pulled in different directions. Anyone ever felt pulled in different directions? Paul talked about that. I want to do what's right, but I don't seem to do what's right. When I want to do it right, I don't do what's right. I don't want to draw, I keep doing it. Paul, he says, anyone just feel pulled in some different directions? Well, the Bible gives us the answer. Um, pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Anyone ever felt that way? 
right? Y'all are spiritual giants, right? Where's, where's the crowd I need to talk to? Anyone ever feel worried by some things? All right, there's the normal people, the rest of you. All right. Um, but we can feel pulled in different directions. And it goes on and it, it says this, so just stay saturated in prayer throughout every day. What that mean? You know what prayer is? It's just a conscious connection to God. That's what prayer is. It's just staying consciously connected to God. Offer faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. But then it says, um, tell him all the details of your life. And then the wonderful peace of God that transcends your ability to understand will guard your heart and will guard your mind through Jesus. So there's three promises of peace. One is that the peace, peace with God guarantees the peace of God guides you. And then lastly, peace from God guards you. Well, we saw right here that it will guard your heart and it will guard your mind. Where does the worry happen? In your heart, in your mind. Where does the stress happen? In your heart and in your mind. Where does the worry go on? In your heart and in your mind. And something needs to guard you. So peace is not just positional. It's not just perceptual. It's also protective. God wants you to walk in peace so you'll stay in a place of safety and a place of protection. And I love what he says. It's not, it's not the world's peace I'm giving you. Y'all have tried that. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it don't. He says, it's supernatural peace. It's actually God saying, here, it's, it's peace from my word. It's peace from my promises. It's peace from the essence of my spirit. And he said, I'll give that to you. It passes human reasoning. This is why you can be in the middle of, any time I've ever been, actually just did this a couple weeks ago, someone in our church has lost a family member, and I, and I said, what can we do for you? He said, just pray. I said, we're going to pray right now. You know what I prayed? I prayed that the peace that you can't explain will show up in the funeral home. It'll show up in the hospital room. It'll show up in your marriage. It'll show up with your kids. It'll show up in your dining room. It'll show up in your living room. It'll show up when you're reading a diagnosis. It'll show up when you're looking at your bank account. Because it, it will guard you and protect you. I love this. The word guard, check this out. It means it's going to take custody of your heart and provide you security. Isaiah chapter 20. Y'all doing all right? Isn't this good? Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will keep in perfect peace when your mind, who, those, well, let me start over. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. So peace has everything to do with what? Trust. And he says, I'm going to keep you in my peace, which is a perfect peace. So I was, I was right before I left this morning, I was, I was just asking God. I preached on peace before. Peace is great to hear about. We need revelation on peace. I'm like, how, how, how's this work out? How's this work out? Because we can preach peace, which we need revelation on peace so we can believe in it. But man, sometimes our heart conflicts with it, doesn't it? 
Sometimes our brains conflict with it, doesn't it? Not, not the super spiritual crowd, but the rest of us I was talking to a minute ago. Because, you know, what I sense is we, we can know the scripture to be true as theory, but sometimes it's not practicum. We still have to walk it out. We still have to live in it. And so I was contemplating. I wrote this down. I believe this was just what God wanted me to try to articulate here at the end. So what we've said is that peace is an inside job. Right? Outside chaos, inside stability. So it's an inside job. Then if peace seems conflicted or restrained or attacked, we we need to check the inside gauges. Right? Even if the outside has caused it, we need to check the inside gauges. Which means if peace really is from the Holy Spirit and its fruit, we need to check what's in the soil. We need to check what's in the soil. And if peace has everything to do with how we think, how we feel, and how we act, here's some gauges I think maybe we should check this morning. Because this is what I'm believing this morning, that, um, that peace is going to sweep across this room. Not feelings. I mean, you'll feel it. But I just believe uh, there's an anointing for his peace. What, what happens when God does stuff with his anointing? Sometimes he just squeezes it into, into one setting. He takes what could take three weeks and does it in one setting. There, there are special things going on, challenges out there, and God says, I'm just going to respond with what you need. And those can just be anointings. And I just feel like, you know, um, an anointing of peace is not to sustain you forever. That's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That's the word of God. But there are moments he just wants to saturate you in peace. And, and, and so if, if there's a conflict of peace in us, The first gauge we need to check is just, what are we believing? What are we believing? Because maybe there's a lack of peace because you're not believing right. You say, well, who do you think you are? I think I'm the person who just read you the scriptures about thinking right. <laughs> Amen? How many know if our thinking is not what the Bible said, our thinking is thinking? It's wrong. Right? We need to change our stinking what? Thinking. It's okay. Our mind needs renewed. It needs remodeled. But sometimes, because if we're going to stay in peace, we have to be believing right. And sometimes our beliefs are just a little bit off. And if they're a little bit off, our, that peace that God promises can be conflicted. Because it's not on his end. Amen? So it could be up here. Well, the good news is you, you can... You can repent of stinking thinking and say, God, begin to change my stinking thinking. Read scripture and embrace it and believe right. Okay, maybe it's not just beliefs. Maybe it's something like this. Maybe it's not in the thinking. Maybe it's in the heart realm. Because sometimes in the heart realm, there could be things like offense, bitterness, unforgiveness, 
things that are just stuck in our heart that's going to conflict with peace. It just will. Those are things that will just conflict with the peace of God. He says, you can have my peace, but we got to deal with some unforgiveness. Maybe we got to deal with some bitterness. Maybe we need to deal with some offense. We have to lay that down if peace is going to take over. I'm going to hold on to my offense and have the peace of God. Well, good luck with that. You're just going to get more and more nasty is what you're going to be. You're going to be a bitter believer, which is an oxymoron. I'm being funny, but this is serious. Because I want something out of the way if it's blocking my peace. So it could be up here, it could be in here, or it could just be some habits or some sin or some actions in my life. Whatever it is, the good news is, if it's on our, God's done his end, right? He's removed the enmity. He's removed those things. But there may be some things we need to say, God, I need to lay this. So we can pray, God, I need, I need this situation. I need this situation to change so I'll feel more peace. And maybe it's a coworker. I'm going to make something up. Maybe it's a co What if they never change? What if they actually promote them to your boss? I'm going to pray God gets them. That's what I'm going to do. I got the favor. No. What God, what God might be wanting to do is change some of your thinking or even your heart toward them. Hello. And you can have peace no matter how nasty they are. That's victory right there. That's victory right there. Devil mess with you. You know how to mess with him? Just live out loud for Jesus. Be obedient. Forgive. Bless. That'll keep you in peace. Not pray him down. I'm going to pray him right out of this office. That's what I'm going to do. What if that don't work? What if, the God, what if they're supposed to be there? What if they earned it? Are y'all getting this? Peace despite the chaos. So we, I can walk up here and say, God wants you to walk in peace 24-7, 365. Woo! Until it messes with my thinking about, or my offense, or my sin, or my habits. But if we can lay those down and exchange those for his thoughts, getting over things in our heart and some habits in our life, hello, that's the complete peace I believe God wants us to walk in. Amen? I mean, you know, that sounds good. Can we stand to our feet for a moment? Can we worship him just for a moment? Father, we do. We worship you. Father, we magnify you. God, we glorify you. You know what God didn't say? That you would have a perfect life. He just said you would have his perfect peace for your life. For your life. I believe that's some stuff God wants you to walk in in your next season. What would it look like in your life if there was just some more peace? Now, don't go to the immediate thing. Well, if this disappeared, if that person wasn't there, don't think like that. Just think, God, I need more grace and peace and mercy in proportion to whatever is out there. Y'all, I'm just going to say this. 
I hope we have a lot of change in the government. And I believe we are. But you know what? If we don't, is your peace going to change? It shouldn't. It's right. I know that's a touchy subject because that'll keep you up at night. Here's the cool thing about God. Man, this is so good. We've been looking for everything else to change, and God has the power to change you, no matter what changes out there. That's a peaceful place. That's a peaceful position. That's a peaceful disposition. Here's how we want to go out of here this morning. I'm going to ask our altar team if they would come up forward at this time. Pastor Shane's going to lead us in this song. And if you have something and you say, man, I just, I want someone to connect with me in prayer over this for just for a moment, I'm going to ask them to pray peace in your situation. We're going to do this song. I just want you, I ask this every week. Holy Spirit, what are you talking to me about this morning? What are you talking to me about this morning? What are you talking to me about? Maybe it's some stinking thinking. Maybe it's some stinking offense. Maybe it's some stinking actions. Come on. Let's lay that down. That's a burden. That is a burden. To think wrong is a burden. To feel wrong is a burden. To act wrong is a burden. Burden that he wants to break off your life. Because when he breaks burdens, you know, what, you know what comes? His peace. His peace. If I said to you or in your situation right now, if I just walked up and said, hey, it's going to be all right. There's just a, there's a confident heart that comes. That's the result of peace, is for you to have a confident heart. Not a non-confident heart, a confident heart. Well, you never know. No, you do know the word says. You never know what's going to happen. No, you do know the word says. Well, I can't. Well, the word says. Well, but I go, oh, Pastor, I, that, 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 my opinion. That's not a confident heart. Your opinion can't keep you in peace. Isn't God good? I'm not trying to be a smart aleck. It's just my, it's just, it's just the way I come across sometimes. Ask my wife. Um, I'm, I'm trying to push your, like, buttons this morning for you to realize Maybe you thought wrong, felt wrong, or acted wrong. You need to exchange that for his what? You know what the peace of God cannot overcome in my life and your life? You can get mad if you want to, but it's pride. It it can't overcome your your, your pride, because pride keeps you what? In a stance against God. It actually is a military word, and it means you have arranged yourself in a military stance against God. Or it actually means he'll put himself in a stance against you. I mean, we need to lay some stuff down. I don't mean he's going to crash your car over a hill. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm just saying there's some things he wants to release in your life, and you need to peacefully receive them. Amen? Amen. Amen. Can we put our hands to heaven? Father, I pray that you just sweep across this room. Your peace. Peace of Jesus. Peace of Jesus. Peace.
peace. person I talked about, you're not in relationship with Jesus, you've never made him Lord of your life, and you need to be at peace with God, to have the peace of God. If you say, Pastor, I, w- I want to make sure Jesus is Lord of my life, can you just do this? Just wave at me if that's somebody. Yes. Anyone else? Yes. Yes. Let's all pray this together. Lord Jesus, I admit I've been in unbelief. I've sinned, but I believe that you came, you died for me, sin was judged on you, my sin, I believe you rose again, I believe you're at the right hand of God, praying for me right now, and I choose right here, right now, to make a public confession that you're now the Savior and the Lord of my life. Come into my heart. Father, I thank you for that decision they just made. Amen. 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 Now, don't jet unless you have to, but we're going to take just a moment. We're going to worship and and. The front's open. If you've got something on your heart, and there's just something that happens when you come to someone and say, i got this going on. Just pray with me. We, we don't need your whole story. We just want to, by faith, just say, we just release peace into your life, peace into that situation, peace with what's going on. Amen? Amen. As we do this song, let's worship. Uh, um, I, I invite you. I don't care if the whole crowd steps out. We'll be here till, till, till we're done. We're just going to release some peace into your situation. Amen? Now, it's all subject to change, you know? Why? Because one, we got some revelation on it, and we're responding by faith this morning. So you should expect and anticipate something to change in you. Don't go to work tomorrow looking where it's at. You, just, you start looking on the inside. Amen? Thank you for listening to the LifePoint Podcast. We want to encourage you to subscribe and follow so you don't miss a message. For more information, you can visit lpcwv.com.